Welcome to the Real Talk with Real Business Pro podcast, the podcast that empowers you to win at work, at home, and in life. Your hosts are the formidable duo of Todd Holland, an award-winning marketer, best-selling author, and serial entrepreneur, and yours truly, Jonathan Laudermilk, another best-selling author, globally recognized, successful business owner, and business coach. Together, we're going to bring you invaluable insights, inspiration, and real-world strategies from the world's leading business minds. Get ready to start winning in every area of your life. Let's start the show. Yeah. Welcome to another another episode of Real Talk of Real Business Pros. It's your boy, Jonathan Laudermilk, your host with the most. And as always, I've got my main man, uh, Todd Holland, with me. He actually has, we actually have two special guests today. Um, first of all, we've got Todd's, uh, one of his ducks. He has many, um, which is going to be, is that Mushroom? Is that right, Todd? Mushroom. This is our CFO, Mushroom. <laughs> so we'll be, we'll be hearing from Mushroom, but we do actually have a real guest on the show that I'm super excited to, to help unpack her story. And we've got tons of gold nuggets. I'm sure we'll extract from this episode, but before we get started, if this is your first time tuning in, I, you know, your, your gift to us is that you're listening. So I just want you to sit back and relax and feel free to take notes or maybe get a little midday snack in based on whenever you're listening to this. But however, if this is your second, third, fourth, fifth, umpteenth time checking this out, you know what I'm about to ask you. I need you to like, I need you to subscribe. I need you to screenshot this. Go ahead and send this to a fellow business professional that you work with or a fellow entrepreneur. Um, we are truly on a mission to help business professionals out there create more freedom within their business so then they have the time to focus on creating a legacy for their life. So if you can go ahead and do that for me, I sure would appreciate it. So with that being said, I'm going to kick it off to Todd and we get let's get things going. Todd, how are you today, sir? Oh, man, it is a beautiful day. Just so you know, Mushroom would also appreciate that subscription as well. Uh, he's a little camera shy, but he's here as well. Guys, it's fantastic. This is one of our first in the session. I'm about to put my duck down if he keeps acting up like this right now. He's got he's got about two seconds here. Anyhow, as I was saying, it's really great to see everybody here. We've got a fantastic guest. I've known this person on and off for the past, oh, I would say seven years or, or more, been in the same networks and we've been connected. We have uh, Rachel, no middle name applicable, Evers. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm going to become very memorable very quickly by telling you it's Evers and everybody does that. Evers. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, people butcher my last name too. It's Louder Milk, but everyone says Louder Milch. Um, yep. So I, I totally feel the pain with that. But, you know, to give you all some context for Rachel, and once again, you know, Todd's known her for a while over the years. And obviously, I've gotten linked up with Todd. So, you know, we're bringing on a bunch of people that, you know, that Todd's been connected with, as well as myself. You know, in terms of uh, Rachel, you know, Rachel, the best way to summarize her, is she's a true fiduciary rep rep representative for all things real estate. So no games, no bullshit. You know, she was literally born to do this. Now, Rachel has a passion for advocating for her clients. 
clients and whether they're buying or selling or, or looking, you know, she really focuses on helping find that perfect piece of property for them all the way down from ownership, rentals, to even commercial space. And she really prides herself on going the extra mile, uh, making sure the job is done correctly ethically and, and transparently. And and, the, and my favorite part about, you know, what Rachel sent this over so I could properly introduce her is he believes in creating win-win solutions for everyone involved. And that's something that I've always operated on too as well, Rachel, is, you know, when you can create a win-win for the client, for the company and yourself, you know, that's where everyone gets to come out ahead so that it's not like trying to get one over the other. So I just, I really love that mindset about you. Well, thank you. It's I take it all very much to heart. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, obviously with you coming on to the show, I got a few questions. Once again, as we go through this, it's going to be really just a conversation. So we're just going to ebb and flow as we go through this, which is my favorite part about doing these. But, you know, one of the first questions that I'd like to ask you is, you know, what, what got you into real estate and really, you know, becoming your own boss and entrepreneur to say at the end of the day? How far back should I go? You far back as you want to go, baby girl. Let's get into it. Yeah. Um, there, I mean, there are a couple pieces, right? If I go all the way back to my childhood, and it's not early childhood, probably when I was around 14, my parents sold a house that they owned and we lived in. And for some reason, we had to go to the real estate agent's house. Maybe they were signing paper. I was not tuned into what was happening at all. But I remember thinking that the chick's house that we went to was fucking rock star. Like I was starry eyed. She was cool. Her house was cool. She had this personality. Um, and I think that for me is when the seed for real estate was planted. I spent, you know, the next 25 years doing other shit that I thought I was supposed to be doing. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, before I, yeah, before I like found my way back home. Ah. Uh, funny that's a little poetry right there yes so so that's cool how old were you when you had that experience uh well so the initial the I was around 14 when I met the lady but I did not get my real estate license until 2013 okay so, I mean all things considered I'm pretty air, air quotes new to the industry even you know what almost 11 years deep right now okay Cool. So when you had that moment and, you know, and obviously it was like, wow, like this is something that I definitely want to do, you know, tell us a little bit about that journey of like what you went through. Cause it's so funny. We always gloss over those years. Like, yeah, I spent 25 years doing this. And then I ended up here. Right. What yeah. I like to go through is like, what was that journey from like, obviously that was a big seed planted within you. Tell us a little bit about the ride to get to where you're at when you first like decided to jump all in and, and go all in with real estate. Yeah, so I did a lot of things. I'm I am overqualified for everything that I do and I spent a lot of years oh god, I'm like being really vague, but the reality is I went to school to become a high school teacher. Okay. And I was supposed to teach high school and then I ended up having a family, so I didn't want to put my kids in daycare, so I made the choice to bartend in the evenings and I'm a really good bartender, but that is not a career choice for me, right? I loved it. It served me well. It was a lot of fun. I honed my people skills and truly developed a love for people in all of their states, right? Because mm. you get the celebration people and you get the on their last dollar in the bottom of the bottle people and being able to field that really taught me about people. Mm. 
So um, I also worked in telecommunication sales and research lab supplies. I sold those for a little while and, uh, you know, none of it was just the right fit. And I come from a family that my environment really wanted me to get a good job with a pension. We are a big three automotive area and I live in Southeast Michigan and everybody works for Ford, GM or Chrysler and they have unions and it's all very like my culture was this is what you do and your employer will take care of you. And I tried that. That's what I was doing for those years, trying to figure out how I fit in that box. Mm. And I just didn't fit in the box. I didn't want right. to be in the box. I tried to want to be in the box, <laughs> but I, I didn't fit. I relate to that to a molecular level, Rachel. Mm -hmm. So once again, this, this is all about you. So I, I don't want to take the show away. No, from you. share. I, I do want to share this. Um, I was supposed to be a physical therapist. Ah. That's what I was supposed to be. You know, my family were like, you know, it's very old school and you get that you go to college, you get a job, you, you work for 40, 50 years, and then maybe you get to retire and find do the things that you want to do in your 60s, yes. right? Um, through all these things. And, and you get married and you have kids in the process, which by the way, I've done everything fucking backwards uh, from what my parents wanted me to do. So for, for a long time, um, I spent about 10 years trying to fit inside the corporate fitness space of like being a good old, being a good boy and, you know, work within that atmosphere. And I worked my way up the ranks through management positions. And truth is I was, I hated it the whole time. And, and for me, I don't know if you felt this way. I never felt like I fit in. So like when you said, like, I tried to fit into the box, but I couldn't like, that was like my whole like corporate career. Like I was constantly in what I called the principal's office, which was HR or my boss's office, you know, cause I was constantly, you know, pushing the barriers and doing things and seeing what I could do. So I was constantly pissing off everyone, basically who I worked with. But when you're a high performer, you can get away with some stuff. But, you know, I share that because, you know, it took me a long time to, to realize that entrepreneurship was even an option because how I grew up, like no one was an entrepreneur. Like my older brother was an entrepreneur, but everyone else was like, no, you don't do that. That's too risky. Um, you go to college, you play it safe, you get something stable. So I ended up spending way too much time inside the box because I didn't know that was an option. So eventually I got sick and tired of being sick and tired till I finally started betting on myself and then made that leap. And we're coming up on seven years ago when I finally made through and, and did that. So I share that because I would like to hear what was your moment of like, I'm in the box to like, I can't fucking do it anymore. I got to get outside the box. Um, okay. I will start by telling you that I, uh, from all outward appearances, I actually looked like I fit in the box really well. I never got in trouble. I can tow a company line like it's my job, and excuse the pun, but I fit in the box and it looked like it fit me. But, you know, obviously internally it didn't. So what happened in my life is I bought a house. Mm. And this is just a classic realtor origin story, but I bought a house and I thing one total fallacy I was like the guy who helped me buy the house my realtor I was like what the hell did he even do for that money when we got to the closing table and I saw <laughs> the settlement statement I was like I can do a better job than that he didn't even do anything now I know better I also you know it was a massive amount of money to me at the time 
And I was like, well, shit, even if I did a shitty job, like I thought he had done, because again, I didn't know, you know, the joke about real estate is it looks easy and lucrative. So everybody tries to try it. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so I'm in the weeds. I, I bought a house. I'm still working for corporate America and I'm still hooked by 14 year old Rachel who saw that one chick who was so impressive and everything came together for me two things happened and they were both conversations one I was having a conversation with my brother who I love this man he moved his whole family from Denver to Michigan he had a very lucrative job his employer didn't want him to move And because he's my brother, we talked regularly. I went through this with him and he stood for himself in a way where he was like, I'm fucking doing this. And if you want to keep me, here's what it's going to look like. And if you don't see you later, and it's not like he was independently wealthy or had any kind of security, but watching him do what he wanted because he felt it was right for his life and his family really inspired me to, it's going to make me tear up inspired me to do that for me. So thing two that happened was a conversation I had with a friend of mine who's a financial advisor. And this guy is wealthy and independent and able to take risks. And he told me his story. And his story was, Rachel, I've never been anything but a 100% commissioned employee, only ever reliant on myself. I've never gotten a W-2. That showed me what's possible. Yeah if I count on me. And those two things converging at a similar time just lit the fire such that I went to my company employer at the time and basically burned the bridge, which I've never burned a bridge in my career ever. I always leave on good terms because that's what you do when you're good, right? When you're a good girl, you talked about you were a good boy or trying to be when you fit in the box. Right. The good girl gives notice and leaves all the doors open in case I got to go back. I, as Tony Robbins says, I burned the boats. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. I I think it's so cool, Rachel. And, and something that, you know, one of my mentors, Keith Kraft says a lot is when you're around the right people at the right time, at the right place, the right things start to happen, you know? So like having those two conversations at that point in your life and having that passion for helping people in that relationship aspect and to have those people at that time and place. I don't find that coincident at all. I I believe that was by design. Always. The movie to where you're at. And it's funny because Todd's very much like your mentor. Like I've never been W2. I've always gone out and just done stuff. So like, I'm more like you, I came from the W2 and had to learn that the commission style is is definitely more than doable. And and you have to build those skill sets as well as the mindset. So Todd, I'd love to hear from you from the other side of the coin with that. You've always been just like an entrepreneur marketer going out there, carving your own path with everything. Yeah, man. I mean, I I started, uh, Rachel, we have kind of very similar, I think, uh, journeys in that I, I went to school to also be in education. I wanted to teach economics, which it's like, why? <laughs> Seriously, why? Uh, I ended up um, doing that for about a year. Um, I, I graduated early. I was like, I want to do this thing. Um, found out it's really, really hard to live on $2,700 a month, even doing what you love. So I was like, there's got to be a better way to do this. And so, yeah, I mean, it's the birth, the, 
the the burn the boats mentality is such a it, it's it's such a transformative thing that I see in people who started as W two employees where they finally take this ownership of like look no one's gonna do this for me but me um, and and I am in a better position to control the resources leading to my future than any employer could possibly be despite what I may have heard despite what I may think and so to see both of you make that transformation like I haven't known you like since like before then obviously but just seeing where you ended up is very very cool for me as just someone who knows both of you um, yeah, yeah that, that's awesome guys. and um, Rachel I'll ask you this now that you're on the other side what yeah. was more stressful being in the box or the stress of making it happen with solely commission? Being in the box was always more stressful. Uh -huh. it's, and it, had I known, right. If I could go back and know yeah. what I know now. Yeah. So, so for, for me too, like looking back, I'm like, I was so stressed out yeah. about having someone over top of me and they had say so over my career growth and opportunities and expectations. Like that's way more stressful to me than, all right, uh, I've got to find a way to make money this month. Um, all right, better get to work and figure yeah. it out. You know what I mean? And Which is funny because some people aren't like that, but for me, like that's how I'm wired too. Yeah. What, like one of the jobs that I had as a W-2 employee was so freaking easy. Like it was so easy. I was making for the time for me, I was making ridiculous money and I barely did anything. And it was still stressing me out so much that I wouldn't go back to that super easy with benefits, way paying me all of this money because it was just not as gratifying as what I'm doing now because I'm doing what I was built for. And that yeah. is just transforms your life. Yeah. I just, yeah. I'll take, I'll take the stress of figuring it out over being told what to do. <laughs> yeah, and you know what it is? It's, this, it's a psychological thing to everyone's like, Oh, you know, it's so cliche to say, you know, it, it's it, fulfilling and fulfillment. There's like a psych, like a psychosomatic basis behind that. Like if you're, if you're not getting a dopamine hit to the right part of your brain, the mm -hmm. easiest task is insurmountable. You can't do it. You literally cannot will yourself to do it with okay, people so with entrepreneurial mindset. You are speaking my language right now. Oh, you know what God. I mean? But then you find something complicated and hard and, and challenging. And it's like, if that thing gives you fulfillment, that's not as hard to do as like the data entry. Mm. And it's so interesting how the brain works like that. So were you saying that Rachel actually just jarred that loose in, in, in my head dome? I was like, oh, that's, yeah, <laughs> makes sense actually. Oh, cool. So, so I love it. So, so Rachel, my, here's my next question for you. You know, so obviously you come out the other side. What's been so far, and, and we have multiple of these as we go through this, the most defining moment you've had thus far as an entrepreneur? The most defining moment? Oh, man. Can you give me some more context? There are so many. So, so we all have like, kind of like this, uh, where the rubber meets the road, like, like critical, like moments of clarity, critical moments where, you know, you could have easily gone this way versus you went that way. Like, Oh, there are so many. So time one was burning the, burning the boats. Like I quit my job in such a fashion that I could not get hired back there. And I had no choice. I, at the time I didn't have the language I have now, but I remember thinking the only way I'm going to win is if I paint myself into a corner. I left myself no option but to win. So then guess what happens? My laser focus becomes winning at what I'm doing, mm. learning all the things. 
So I started with a real estate license and they're really easy to get in Michigan. Like realtors are a dime a dozen in this state. We have the lowest barrier of entry of any state in the union. No state is reciprocal with a Michigan real estate license. A fucking monkey <laughs> can get one. I'm not even kidding you. So it's a revolving door. So I have tons of competition, but guess what? I have skills and they suck and I don't. Mm. So it, like understanding what I'm bringing to the table and having the space to bring it out loud. Yeah. Is, so, so, so let me yeah. ask you, so since you've been growing your, your, your business and doing this, yes. Have you had any like pivotal moments like in your business or your model where like you made this decision that made all the difference? Like for for reference, like me and Todd opened up fractional services this year from once again, we had one of our clients ask us and we didn't even think about that. But once that came up, like that was a no brainer. and We've grown like crazy through that one defining moment just to give you context. Yeah. Okay. So it's literally the same lesson over and over in a different outfit for me every time, because three-ish, maybe four years ago, I knew actually three years after I got a license, I got a broker's license. So I could mm. have opened up my own shop, but I was too scared. I was too chicken. I wasn't ready to bet on myself again. And I started getting comfortable and I promise I'm going to bring this home. I started getting comfortable because I am a really good real estate agent. It's scary to level up right? Like the next uh -huh. mountain was visible to me. And I was like, but I just got here and I'm so fucking good at this. <laughs> I could have stayed there comfortably, but that's not what I'm built for. Right. So I got my broker's license. I was an associate broker. I was looking for leadership or riding on someone else's coattails in the organizations I was in mm. because I still had a, again, I'm air quoting. If you're not watching, I still had a manager not really like as a realtor, you're an independent agent, you're an independent contractor, but I always had someone I could call if I got in a corner where I could be like, well, my broker says that we can't do that. Well, I'm sorry, my bio, let me talk to my manager. Mm -hmm. It was literally just a, a false front that gave me the security of having somebody to ask. So a year ago, I opened my own brokerage and I now have three locations and I, yeah. So, and I'm, I don't want to just gush about all of the shit that I'm up to, but it's addicting. Talk about a dopamine hit, Todd. I'm mm -hmm. like hitting myself constantly by trying all the things. Mm. That's right. That's right. Yeah. What, what I love about that, Rachel, and, and it's a lot of what um, me and Todd operate by too, is like, you know, you have this big umbrella, right? Like, here's the brand, here's what I do. And ultimately it's our core values, right? Like, you know, I want to help people and this is how I want to help them. And once again, you've got real estate as one branch of that, but then yes. you've got the brokerage under a different branch. It's still in alignment of the main purpose of what you're doing. It's just yeah. two different ways that yeah. actually one hand feeds the other, which is so smart, which is what's so smart about doing that. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs get stuck is when they make their, I guess, their pathways is it looks more like an old raggedy tree with a bunch of random branches going here and going over here. And this is where you see entrepreneurs. It's like, hey, I own a dog grooming business and I own a car detail business and I own a real estate business. It's like, dude, what the the hell do you do like how do you act you can't focus on running that many separate directions versus picking you know things that complement one another so what i'd like you to kind of break down is like how did those kind of like work for you in terms of how you designed those so that you're not having to run different directions 
Yeah, well, okay, so I'm I'm going to go back to your analogy because I really love it. The one of the big and aha moment, a key for me that I've been sharpening actively and intentionally is truly delegating. Mm -hmm. I know what I'm good at, and I think I may. Mm, I'm. I don't know that there's a problem owning a dog grooming and a car detailing as long as you're not the guy who has to be the expert dog groomer mm -hmm. and car detailer. Bingo. Right? So right now where I'm at with my business is putting the right people in the right places so that I can keep doing what I'm really good at, which is training agents to be really good agents. Awesome. Cool. So it's just deploying leadership and systems so you can get the right systems. people in the right seats on the bus. Yes. And it's really completely different. I knew this with my brain years ago, but it's different when you're doing it and experiencing it. I'm, I'm at the point now where I get to have moments where I look around. I love, uh, I'm just gushing and I know I'm babbling a little bit, but it's different to experience being so consumed with doing the things you're good at and love that it really doesn't feel like work. And sometimes I'm like, did I work today? And I totally did, but I didn't do the data entry. Mm. And because work feels like work, it doesn't feel the same. Right. Mm. That, I'm adding value. I'm still providing. It's just not the ditch digging that mm. is my calling. Oh, I love it. So that, that's perfect segue into my next question for you is um, really, Rachel, is, you know, if you could go back and do one thing differently, what would it How be and back? why? I know, I know. It's How like, far I, back do I get to go, man? Like all the things, right? <laughs> but like, what's what's like the big thing? So I'll, I'll share one. So one of the biggest things, if I could go back and talk to old Jonathan a couple of years ago, and slap him in the head, I would go hire for where you're going, not for where you are. Hmm. Mm. That's, that's, that's one of my big, and that's part of how I got Todd <laughs> yes. was that mindset shift. So what would that thing be for you? Um, to be myself louder, sooner. Mm. Be myself louder, sooner. I love so, that. Yeah. Um, let's unpack that. What do you mean? Well, one of the main things that I teach when I coach is to be yourself loud. And I, this actually came from a mastermind where I met Todd, I think. It's mm -hmm. literally like being yourself will attract your people and automatically filter out the not good fits. The clients mm -hmm. there are going to feel like work. There's nothing wrong with them. There's nothing wrong with me, but everything can't freaking go together. And this is exhausting, like yeah. butting heads and fighting your clients. And I find, or I have found, and this is not new, but when I started really letting myself shine through, being authentic with my message and my processes and my requirements, I really got the best clients for me. Yeah. So if I could go back, I would have trusted that way that the universe works a lot sooner. Mm. it's so funny you say that Rachel because that was one of the lessons I learned within I think it was like is your year one or year two in my business and when I first started showing up marketing like I was very uh trimmed and polished to mm. say oh, yeah. right because I was like I don't I don't want to offend anyone because at the time I was like I need money um I work with anyone right yes, yes. and I ended up plastic getting... mistake oh yeah so I ended up bringing this client on 
And uh, as I found out working with her, she's like, yeah, I hate cussing. I hate mm. it. And I'm sitting there like, fuck. <laughs> because I've got a sailor's mouth, you know? So, God, I was, I was like, I'm back in the box again, right? Mm. So, obviously, that relationship didn't end up working out for other reasons. But that was like the first red flag. But what I learned from that, Rachel, was, okay, how I talk on social media needs to match how I speak in terms of like in person, basically on screen needs to match off screen. And that was something that's totally changed my business and my mindset um, ever since. So what I'd like to hear from you is like, okay, so how do you apply that intentionally in your marketing, your social media and your sales processes? Um, I, it gets a little woo woo, but like I, like you, I swear, I believe that. So I'm an English major. I believe that language, all language has a place, including the swear words. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know why I felt compelled to say that. But so where I apply it is, I, I don't know how to not apply it. Like the hose is so open now. Mm-hmm. I, I can't not be authentic. So I don't really know how to answer your question. I guess I can tell you what I don't do anymore. I don't edit. I do refine. I try and be clear. I think language is incredibly important and I use it intentionally to deliver a message. What I do for a living is, you know, manipulate the market to do what I want it to do. Do that well with language and like words do things. Yeah. So, I mean, it's in there somewhere. Hmm. So being clear over clever. Yes. Yeah. I like that. Thank yeah. you. I'm going to steal that. Yeah. You're what well, steal. I stole it from someone else. So we're just passing yeah. information along. <laughs> you know what? But like you just walked us into another thing that I do. I share everything. Every mm. good thing that I have is a hodgepodge of stuff that other people have told me. Maybe mm. I reorganized a piece to make it work for what I'm doing. Or maybe I heard it seven times and it didn't land. But the eighth time when that guy said it, mm-hmm. it hit right. So I, sh- I share everything. You can have it. Keys yeah. to the kingdom. Whatever magic you think I'm doing, I'll tell you how I do it. Go knock yourself out. I hope you win. Yeah, it's Just make it boring. <laughs> yeah, S- right. S- says the marketer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's that's a great point to talk about. You know, I see a lot of uh, internet OGs out there trying to put their stamp on like, this is my thing. This is my information where I'm like, I know for a fact you got that from this mentor that you bought and hired five years ago and you just spun it slightly differently. It's the same information, right? And it's funny, a lot of the guys I see out there too, Rachel, is like what they're actually sharing is from the Bible and they're claiming it as theirs. I'm like, dude, it's literally in the Bible what you're sharing. (laughs) Yes, but I will. I don't think people do that intentionally. It's like earlier when I was telling you, I knew the thing in my brain about uh, delegating. I think it was about delegating. I know it in my brain and somebody could have told it to me, but until I did it and felt it, Mm -hmm. it felt like a new thing that I just need to spread the word. So uh, I think people are not I know that there are people who take other people's content and regurgitate it as their own and they do it knowingly. Mm-hmm. But for most people who think they have a good new idea, it feels new to them because they get it. They had the right. shift. They got the epiphany. Yeah. And yeah. So, anyway. so I, 
I firmly believe that we don't own information, but we own the execution of it. Yes. Uh, good ideas will go. You will get a good idea. And if you don't do anything with it, it goes to somebody else. Mm. Yeah, yep. that's one of my favorite ones, too, is like you're given that vision for a reason. If you don't act on it, that vision gets passed on to the next person. So what people yep. are really yep. paying for nowadays is like, I want to take this and make it a reality. And that's yeah. what they're paying for versus the old school days of the Frank Kern and buy my $97 thing and my 997 masterclass for the information. Those days are gone because yeah. the information's yeah. out there. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I I tell my clients that like you can you can watch a YouTube video to learn the steps to do what I do. And I tiled my own bathroom and it's the okayest job. <laughs> yeah. Because right. and if you want those results, knock yourself out. It's I know. God bless it. First house I bought, it was one of those uh it was definitely you know the sign, y'all know like the, the signs on the side of the road and a telephone pole that's like we'll buy your house. Uh huh. I'm pretty sure that was the first house we bought. (laughs) It was one of those. Now we didn't know that because they duct tape it and they made it look pretty. But like after a few months to a year, yeah, we started seeing that like all the shoddy work. And once again, at the time, like, you know, it took everything we had to kind of like you like to get that first house. Um, And I'll never forget, like the plumbing system was like falling apart. So we brought a guy out there and I was expecting to like just fix the drain you know and uh he goes out he scopes it and this guy quoted me sixty thousand dollars to fix the plumbing and i looked at him like yeah you're fucking mine man like that's i'm like that's like half the house <laughs> i was gonna say how much was the house the house is like a buck yeah. 80 you know what i mean it's our first house right so i just look at him i'm like there's no way he's like well you need to do something and this guy i straight up this is true story he gave me as an option, hey, well, if you're not willing to do that, I guess you could always just put your uh, toilet paper in a plastic bag because you can't flush oh, it. So I was like, did you just tell me to like put my turds in a plastic bag? As well, the just the paper. Well, That's just a very the- European thing to do. It's just very, the- or Chinese. Yeah. It's the- China, like- yeah. This guy straight face said this to me. And I was like. Did you just recommend that as an option for me? Because I don't want to give you $60,000 today. He's like, yeah. I was like, fuck out of my house. And then we yeah, up- Jonathan's from the country. So he went and he got his gun. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, is this guy serious? You know, but you know, we ended up flipping that house and that became someone else's problem uh as we move forward with that. And then we slung shot that deal into our new home in Plano, you know, so we moved on up as we're nice. doing that but that was our experience buying a first home and uh i don't know why i felt compared to shell that but i thought that was a hilarious story i was like this guy just recommended me to put uh the toilet paper in a plastic bag that's his professional yeah. recommendation he wanted your sixty thousand dollars. i know i was like dude i just wanted you to fix why this thing ain't flushing right <laughs> expect this sixty thousand dollar quote but anyway that just goes into the shoddiness of all that stuff being done in there you know so mm-hmm. that was our first home buying experience but as you said once again you can learn this information online or you can get an expert to walk mm-hmm. you through and do this stuff and it's way more expensive doing that stuff on your own like i've learned that the hard way i I didn't make this up either, but I do believe that when you hire a professional, you are only paying for the top 20% of the expertise. Mm. Everybody can do everything themselves. It's the, the 
I, I have this two millimeter tattoo. It's that's the part that you're paying for. And, you know, high performers understand this. I know for sure that I'm better, better off hiring somebody now to tile my bathroom, especially now that I tried it. Well, I think it's once you understand the value of your time too. Like that was a big aha for me was like, I didn't understand the value of my time. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, I just do stuff. And here's how much I made at the end of the month. Like that's how long I operate for so long. But once you look at like, okay, what am I actually doing? And what is the value of that task versus my value of my time? And if they don't match up, then it's like, I need to delegate or automate that. Yes. Mm -hmm. Two critical um, pieces, delegate and automate. I love Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Awesome. So this has been fantastic. So let's start laying in the plane. Um, I've got some fun, random questions. You have nothing to do with business. I just came up with these. I thought they'd be fun to ask. So, and by the way, whatever first comes to your head, just. You got it. I love this game already. Just shoot out there. So what's your favorite childhood cereal? Uh, Lucky Charms. Why Lucky Charms? Because it's like uh, sensible, but it's got the marshmallows in it. And I know that if you only eat the marshmallows, it's not, it's not as good. (laughs) I I say that that's my adult answer, probably because I like the idea of um, a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow or something. That's so funny. Yeah. So when I, uh, whenever I would have Lucky Charms as a kid, I would always just end up eating the marshmallows and like, a really? Little, yeah. 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 It was hard not to. It's like, that's the best part of it. You know, um, if you, if you hate yourself, you eat Captain Crunch. Cause you just end yeah. up like, I like a little blood in my cereal, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Shreds <laughs> your gums. Pretty much. Okay. That's a fun answer. Um, so next question, are you dog person or cat person? I am a cat person Ooh. easily all day long. Cat. Okay. Yes, my I do have a dog. She's neurotic and weird. I had to lie to get a cat into my house and get it for my son for his <laughs> birthday. And the lie was so well told that when he moved out, he took the cat. And I'm still sad. And I'm still mm. trying to campaign to get the cat back. Right. So it's funny you mentioned that. Um, I grew up with a childhood dog. And, mm. you know, I ended up becoming a cat person. Um, so when I first met my wife, she had a cat uh, called Jada, which I ended up changing his name to Mr. Jingles. Don't ask me why, but that's what became his name over time. Um, I hated that cat at first, you know, mm. but as I you know, got to know and under and what I learned was like, you can't treat cats the same way as dogs. No. You know what I mean? Like cats, you got to uh-huh. like, you actually have to build a relationship and do some work and set the right environment. And through that process, I actually learned how to have better relationships with people through building a relationship with a cat. And I believe most people don't like cats because you actually have to do work. That's You are pulling thoughts right out of my head as you're talking. I agree with all of that. Cats mm-hmm. are not just going to idiotically love you because you have a heartbeat. Yeah. They don't care. Like, they're like, mm-hmm screw you. Like, this yep. is what I want. And you got to meet me on where I'm at. I'm like, okay. So that that's, that's interesting. I That's cool. I dig that. Um, all right, cool. Last question. This is my favorite one. Okay. If you could put a message on a billboard and have the whole world see it, yes. what would it say? Do right. That's so easy. Uh, yeah. I'm reluctant to even expand on that because it starts to get less clear the more I say do right. Mm. Mm. I love it. Simple, clear. Hey, that's what we talk about. Clear and to the point. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Well, well, Rachel, thank you so much for jumping on the show today. I've had a great time listening to your story and 
unpacking this, these lessons. And, and once again, for y'all tuning in for this episode, you know, I hope y'all got some gold nuggets from today. Um, what I'd like to be able to do, Rachel, is, you know, what's the best way for people to get in contact with you if, you know, once again, they may want to follow you or find out more information or shoot, there may be someone out there. It's like, hey, I need to be able to, to find a new home. Yeah, so there, I'm pretty easy to find. I'm going to take the opportunity to spell my name because my parents couldn't spell. And Rachel is, for me, R-A-C-H-E-L-E. And Evers, E, V is in victory, E, R, S is in Sam. Um, that's a joke on my parents. They actually spelled my name this way on purpose. Um, but my Facebook profile is wide open in public if you want to scope me out and see if I'm a good fit for you. Um, Messenger is good. My direct number is tough. You are welcome to text me, but I do not answer incoming phone calls without a schedule. 810-923-5421. And then of course, email, which is my nemesis, but I'll get to it eventually. <laughs> my first name, R-A-C-H-E-L-E at agentrx.net. And that website works for me as well. Cool. A-G-E-N-T-R-X.net. Thank you. Thank you, Jonathan. This has been a blast. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll drop all that stuff in the show notes. So for y'all listening, y'all can go down there, have all the things that are clickable. And once again, Rachel, thank you for taking time to jam out with me and Todd today. And for y'all tuning in, make sure you go out there, be like Rachel and get what you're worth. Yeah. And that's a wrap for this episode, The Real Talk with Real Business Pros. Thank you for tuning in and being a part of this journey with us. We hope today's episode inspired you to take your career, relationships, and personal life to new heights. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. Until next time, keep on getting what you're worth. Yeah, yeah.